good thing that it warns me when it's right protected. Otherwise, we could sit here and talk and not have nothing. <laughs> well, that's not like it'd be the first time. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> oh, welcome to Scuttlebutt Podcast. I'm Rich. And I'm Sandy. And uh, here we are back out at the cabin again. I did the dishes and put them away this time. <laughs> <laughs> and we are in a great mood because it is spring. Finally, it, spring. Spring has sprung. Actually, earlier this year than than last year but we had an incredibly poor cold awful we set february. record we, we set record for february yeah now uh, this is in celsius so uh you have to convert a little bit to, to get into fahrenheit but our average temperature day in day out 24 hours a day our average temperature was was minus 22 yeah um minus 22 celsius so i don't know that's probably uh, maybe 8, 9, 10 below zero Fahrenheit. That was our average temperature for the whole much of February. And on February 5th, we were the coldest spot on planet Earth, and we were colder than the surface of Mars. We were at minus 47 <laughs> Celsius, which is, is 52.6 degrees below zero Fahrenheit, and that's without a windshield. That's yeah. without a windshield. We don't even talk about windshield. Windshield is, is for city folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> out at home, it, out anywhere when you're out in the bush, wind chill matters. But anyway, it's the end of March now, and there is there's lots of ice around still, but there isn't as much snow as there was. Well, no, but here, here just uh, like six days ago, the weather snapped. Yeah. And literally, you could hear it. It was like it broke because yeah. we went from having uh, unseasonably cold first two weeks of March to all of a sudden, boom. And then it was unseasonably warm. We've we've actually in in uh, we've hit seventeen, eighteen degrees to the positive Celsius, which is like sixty some degrees. We'll take it. Oh, we'll take it. We'll take Absolutely, it. Absolutely, we'll take it. The the dogs really love it. It's we can be outside. La yesterday we had a wiener roast for lunch. Oh First yeah. First time we've had a fire. Out. Well, we couldn't find the fire pit actually. Because there was lots of snow here, that's a, that's a and graphic, at home too. That's a graphic example, isn't it? You go from 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 one Friday you can't find the fire pit to the next Friday having a wiener yeah. roast, and the fire pit sticks this high out of the yeah. out of the ground. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was a fun day yesterday. It was just nice to be out, and yeah, just out. The air was soft. I believe I used that word. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, we went from from it being so difficult to put in under the ice uh, uh, beaver traps. You know, you're, you're shoveling twenty to twenty four, twenty five inches of hard drifted snow. You're shoveling that out of the way, and then you're sawing. And I, I've got a twenty two inch bar on my chainsaw, and just about not getting through. And this is in the runs. You know what I mean? It's like, oh my goodness. And now, when we went and <laughs> pulled them this morning. Um, you could fall somebody through. just about got wet. <laughs> you could fall through. <laughs> <laughs> that's somebody over there. That's that, that. That's the thing, though. When you've um, when you're set up on, on these beaver houses, the one thing I always look at is which side is uh, to the south. You know, the, you want to have that that's, that that uh, south facing uh, house is, is the best best side to set your trap on because that's where they're going to be coming out first that's where mm -hmm. it's going to lose the the ice the quickest because right. it melts that you know that there's a lot of thermal energy stored by the dirt and that of the of the house that helps it melt out quicker and so yeah. you just about always can bet that if you stand on that beaver house and you look at the sun that that that, that there's at least one run right there one run yeah, yeah. It, it's a good good way to figure it out anyway yeah. for around here so uh i actually 
last couple uh, y yesterday setting up some I didn't even have to chop. I had to be careful not to fall. <laughs> <laughs> he used his setters just to kind of, and there was the just very little ice there. So yeah, yeah. certainly wasn't going to be something you were going to be standing on anyway. But we had a first of, and I have to recant. Uh, yeah, I got to confess. <laughs> recant? <laughs> you don't hear this very often. <laughs> well, this is what I believe anyway. Uh, one of the uh, houses that I set up, uh, I caught a beaver on, right? right in the entrance of, uh, of the lodge. But when I pull it up, it's like tube of fur. <laughs> yeah, you brought it home. It was a flat beaver. It, like, lay, when it lays there, I mean, there's kind of a few scal few bones left in it, but it's a tube of fur. Whatever had ate its way in from the back end, from from the anal anus and that, and up inside, and they ate everything out from inside. From the vent. The vent, okay, whatever. <laughs> it's an anus also. <laughs> It vents. <laughs> it vents. Just because somebody vents doesn't mean <laughs> we have to mm. call it that. All. <laughs> Whole new definition to venting. Anyway, <laughs> I'm I'm confused as heck at this point because I mean, four days, five days maximum. If, if if I'd have caught a beaver like four seconds after I, I walked away from there, that that's how long it could have been. And I'm thinking. And it was underwater, and I, I thought that the only thing it could eat underwater, you know, like muskrat can, muskrat can eat uh, uh, greens and that, but I was thinking uh, a mink, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking... That's a lot. How, how many... Or how, how many mink were there? How many mink does it take to eat a 40-pound beaver? <laughs> <laughs> it's a mathematical yeah. equation. <laughs> well, I mean, a big mink is three pounds, right? I mean, that, yeah. that's it. So there's, there's a lot of, lot of eating going on. Anyway, I pulled it out of there, and, uh, hmm, you know, I'm... I, they, they've now be, become a washout in the in the dam, and nothing had tried plugging it, so I was sure there was no beaver left in the in the dam. So I took and threw a, a stand in there and put a 330 in there, and 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 then I put another one down below, where because yeah. where the water washes through the dam and comes out below, there's a current below, and if otter or whatever comes from down below, they they swim right up that current, yeah. and they will try and go up that way rather than jump up and go over top right. of the, the dam. Yeah. So <laughs> I, uh, I I set those, and, and lo and behold, I caught two otter. Now, their bellies are looking kind of plump. Do you suppose they're <laughs> full of beaver meat? Plump? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I, never, I never thought either, uh, otter ate beaver. I, honest, honest to God, I didn't believe it. Because I've never, ever found any evidence. Um, well, we still don't really have evidence, no, but it but seems a likely scenario. As soon as the, the tubal beaver was gone, they, the, the otters started <laughs> vacating, and I, and I caught two of them. <laughs> but it was, it, was, uh, it was amazing. But they never ate any of the bones. They just ate the meat. They didn't eat the hair or anything. Like, I mean, yeah. literally, I, can, I will show you. you. You'll see this later on, on, on the show. I will skin and board this. <laughs> it's just going to be a little different skinning when there's no body to, to cut it off. Yeah, exactly. Eh? <laughs> weird, 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 weird. But. The otter, of course, are moving really good, and we are done with the otter season now. Yeah, we're done with the otter season. We've still got time to trap beaver, and we might even shoot a few. Who knows? I think I'm going to shoot a few. Yeah. Well, we've got some beaver that are causing troubles out on the oil field roads, but I don't yeah. like to set my gear out there because it gets stolen, right? Yeah. So I, I just as soon sit there and, and, and shoot them. And, yeah. You know, that, that makes life a lot easier, right? And then we also have the opportunity maybe to do some muskrat trapping and stuff too, so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's a busy, busy time of the year. Well, uh, yeah, everything's I, busy. We've got sportsman shows still coming yeah. up, right? Yeah. So we have one in Yorkton coming up um, in about a week, 
6th time. April 6th, 7th or 5th? Yeah, fifth, so sixth. just about, just under two weeks. Yeah. It's the 6th and 7th, I think. And we were just at Edmonton a week or so ago for the big Edmonton Boat and Sportsman Show through CNSS. And that one, wow, we, this was the first year we'd had an actual booth where yeah, we had yeah. some of our merchandise and, and whatnot for sale, but more just talk to people and it was overwhelming how many people stopped or when the crowd was just crushed they would just wave and say really love your show thanks for doing it you know stay happy or whatever whatever it was that they said don't wax you know brilliant like that while i'm trying to drink (laughs) (laughs) i suppose spit my sipping whiskey (laughs) um coffee sipping whiskey yeah not whiskey whiskey yeah, it's one of it's one of the of our favorite flavors from uh, from Old Smokes. Yeah, and they were there too, but there was some uh, something really cool happened there. Recently, big news in Canada is that we have another outdoors channel, Sportsman's Channel out of the United States, has partnered with what used to be called World Fishing Network in, in WFN. Canada. Yeah, WFN, and now they're they're bringing on hunting and uh, they're bringing a, a bunch of uh, new hunting in that out of the mm-hmm. United States. At the same time. Pursuit Channel out of the U.S. has partnered with Wild. Yeah. With Wild TV. And so that's bring- very exciting, yeah, too, because, it, again, more different programming. Absolutely. Um, both channels want to have unique programming. Yeah. So, in actual fact, you know, the Canadians are going to get double the programming that we yeah. had before. Yeah. I actually, I actually like that. I, I like that, the, that, that there's not going to be um, the same show on on. The same uh, on, other, on both networks. Channel. No, yeah. we're gonna have we're gonna have uh, two. Yeah, well, two very I think different. when you have two networks, you're more likely um, to have a bigger viewing audience overall because there's going to be back and forth that goes on, right? Well, sure, people will, will be able to shop. I mean, it's just like you don't watch CBC or CTV or ABC or NBC every night. Yeah, you know, you've got favorite favorite shows on each channel. And that's good. Mm-hmm. Competition's good, always good. Always. I good. really like the opportunity that it, that it can mean for fellow Canadian producers. Yes. Because now all of a sudden there's more room in the market. You know, there's there's, there's more room for, for them to get on, on TV. And in Canada, uh, all uh, Canadian channels have to have a certain amount, a certain content of, of uh, Canadian, CanCom. It's yeah. ca- Canadian content, and you get your CanCom number from the CRTC. And it has to be uh, produced in Canada. Yeah, produced, right? filmed, and, yeah. and everything in Canada. So that, that that's a big thing. We uh, discovered something pretty cool, though. Yeah, we sure did. Yeah. We, uh, Out of all of this and just discussions with the two networks and, and with other um, other producers and whatnot, it's become very apparent. Well, we were, we were kind of being, as much as a person, you know, doesn't like to uh, be egotistical, I mean, we've always just been head down, butt up, and, and working, right? Yeah. That's all, all it was, and mostly... After, you know, the early years in TV where, you know, you got hurt every time somebody in TV screwed you, uh, you know, <laughs> now we just don't pay any attention anymore, yeah. right? And, but suddenly there was a lot of competition about, you know, where we were going to air. And yeah. at first I didn't pay much mind to it. And then I discovered, well, both channels wanted very much to be unique and nobody yeah. was going to cross over. And so then when, when I, I started looking at that, okay, why then are we? under such demand because we, you know, I mean, I know we're a very popular show, but we've always kind of attributed it to the, to the tall, tall poppy scenario, right? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently I'm talking to somebody other than them yeah, this morning. Yeah. 
Yeah, they, boys. they sure slept last night after running all yesterday. <laughs> so once we made a discovery, it turns out that uh, Wild TV, what used to be called Wild TV, which is now called Wild Pursuit, has had Nielsen numbers for the last 18 months. And those Nielsen numbers told quite the story. They certainly did. We are far and away the most popular show on the channel. Like it's not even close. We have no competition of any sort. No hunting, no fishing, no no show from anywhere else. We here in Canada we ruled the roost. Absolutely. Can you tell there's like they're like a pair of two year olds. They got yeah. no one's paying any attention to them. So they're gonna fight? Go on your beds. Beds. Go on. <laughs> no, you. Yeah. Go. <laughs> <laughs> well I just saw them wrestling and hitting the hitting camera. Hitting the camera? Oh yeah. Of course, you know, the mum thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm clairvoyant. Yeah. So anyway, we've got a bunch more uh, opportunity here in Canada. Uh, our show is extremely popular, and we're yeah. very happy. And thank you to everybody yes. who, who makes Absolutely. it that way. We couldn't do it without you. Uh, I think that the overwhelming part of it is is the fact that so many of our, our viewers are, or listeners or whatever aren't trappers. Yeah. It's just just got to do with the, their interest in the outdoors. I don't think you have to scratch anybody in North America very deep, and the, and the, the pioneer spirit is right there. Yeah. You know, that's, we've uh, all come from pioneering stock. It's not like we have, you know, thousands of years here or you know, or in Canada. I mean, like the, the town we live in is, is hardly 100 years old. You know yeah. what I mean? And, <laughs> and that's not saying much. <laughs> no, but, you know, it's... Um uh, so many people in Edmonton and, and people that contact us by Facebook or email or whatever is, is you know, uh, my grandpa used to or my great uncle used to trap or, uh, you know, um, I don't trap at all, but I remember or because of you, I have got back into it. Uh, it's really been quite gratifying that way. It has. Yeah. We had a lot of that last weekend yeah. at the was, sports absolutely. show. Yeah. So... With the, the, the two new channels, there's, it's uh, Sportsman's is the one and Wild Pursuit is the other. We are still under contract for one year with uh, Wild, uh, what's now Wild Pursuit. Um, we haven't made a decision one way or the other. One channel's larger than the other. Wild Pursuit has as much larger numbers than, mm -hmm. than Sportsman's has. Um, where it's going to go, I don't know, but it's an exciting time. And, yeah, uh, it is. It's kind of cool. Kind of cool is. to have actually, actually have a choice. It's very cool to have a choice. Our choices and... before were take it or leave it. Yeah, I guess that was a choice, too. Yeah. <laughs> we always have a choice. Sometimes they don't seem like they're let's, very palatable. Let's talk a little bit about a very hot subject when it comes to trappers and trapping, and that's fur prices. Ah, yes. We've just, uh, within the last couple of weeks, we've had a couple of uh, auctions happen. Uh, one was uh, the NAFA auction. It, it happened first, and then about two weeks after that, then the fur harvesters auction happened. Um, coyotes are unbelievably strong. Still, and that is greatly attributed to um, Canada Goose and the trim that they use, which is coyote. As well as the Italians. Uh, oh. Coyote is really strong with the Italians. And I, I, I'm not sure what, whether it's got to do with, I don't know what they use them for, whether mm -hmm. it's the same thing as what Canada Goose does. Canada Goose is a large buyer here. We should have Googled that. Should have. Should have. I just know that it, that Canada Goose and, and the Italians. So uh, the Western production of coyotes was down at, yes. the, at the first auction anyway. Yeah. It was down, and that drove price, prices even harder. Uh -huh. So prices went up. 
Uh, in fact, I know some some folks from Ontario that even got had a seventy dollar average on eastern coyotes. Oh, and that's saying something because the western yeah. coyotes are the ones that have um, fared best in terms of price. Um, oh yeah, like if in if, the you had, market, if you had if you had nice. Uh, Nice coyotes, western coyotes here. It was easy to double that seventy dollar yeah. average. It's kind of like the, you know, like the eastern beavers, right? Like they, the black, yeah, yeah. The, they have more black there. We have more brown here, so the black it generally tends to get a better price. Yep. So anyway, uh, the coyote is really, really strong. The bottom fell out of otter. Mm. They, like just about none of my otters sold, and and what went for a hundred and. $105 average or $100 average last year went for $17 average this Ouch. year. Ouch. Otter is a lot of work for that. That's yeah. too bad. And and it's it's such it's such a beautiful fur. Yeah. It, it always I makes still think that we should get some of our furs dressed so that we could get a jacket made for you. Oh, I would love that. An otter yeah. jacket would be nice. <laughs> uh, Martin, we're really weird. We have a lot of... Uh, we very seldom have a medium or, or, or large on our line when it comes mm -hmm. to Martin. Ours are all XL, 2XL, 3XL. Yeah. And like I had uh, just about a, a dozen triple XLs. Well, they all sold, and they all sold good. Mm -hmm. uh, $106, $108 uh, US right. was, was what those lots went for. Then the damaged, you know, if you have any damaged ones or ones right. that they, they, they decide aren't as... Uh, good a quality they call them mediums or semis or, or whatever those sold as well so I had you know one end I had $108 and the other end I had some $23 ones so brought my average down the stuff in the middle mm -hmm. the larges and the XLs didn't, didn't sell. sell yeah didn't sell at all and that that is so weird um, so that really hurt hurt, hurt the average uh, Fisher we averaged I think 70 bucks on our males and we had uh, several females in the, in the top lot yeah, which was 112 US. Yeah, you know, so that that was that that was fairly strong. Uh, you know, I mean, well, I've, it's hard to tell, I guess, a lot of times just what's going to go for what, and sometimes you get surprised, right? Like, oh. you, like you said, with those medium-sized ones, Martin. My Lynx average was yeah. terrible, but yeah, probably a third of them were kittens. So what do you do, right? Yeah, um, I don't like how like. Uh, North American Fur Harvesters uh, or North American Fur Auctions, pardon me, they just set up a new website and I can't click on, you know, used to be I had links and it had it had a number associated with it. I click on that and go look at that lot. Right. And I could look at that lot and see what that lot sold for. I can't do that. Oh. And I really, I really don't like that. Well, I hope you've given them your feedback because oftentimes when you, if, if you give feedback, people pay attention. You're so optimistic. <laughs> You know, <laughs> it works most of the time. Not in my world. Not unless yeah. they, not unless they give that feedback in a really loud voice, <laughs> oh. <laughs> with the proper expletives uh, oh. punctuating the sentence. There you go. Then something happens. <laughs> well. <laughs> so after after NAFA, which was a mixed bag, there was a lot of people that were unhappy because uh, uh, links were not very strong, beaver were not strong, uh, muskrat weren't bad. I don't know how many hundred I sold, but they average, and I had some double X smalls <laughs> all the way up to, to triple, <laughs> triple XL large. And the total average for all of them was 390 US. So that's not bad. So that's almost, that, that's almost five bucks average. Canadian. You know, Canadian from, from, 
for all Such of them. That's, wide. that's not bad. That's not. I, I, I'm okay with that because muskrat are a lot of fun and they're not a lot of work, right? Not yeah. like an otter, which is a ton of work for yeah. 17 bucks for for. So the price of of three muskrats was. <laughs> and we had quite a year for weasel. Now I don't think weasel sold though, did it? I didn't send any weasel. Yeah. We have we have a ton of weasel right now. Uh, we ended up actual count was like 52 weasel or 58 weasel 50, 52 i think over 50 was, for yeah, sure well for for last winter it was just it was just crazy yeah and we had a big year for mink yeah. this year too yeah. just a very odd year so then after that we went to um then the fur harvesters auction went off and i mm -hmm. think it was in helsinki in finland uh, I think they did that first one they do in conjunction with the uh, Saga Furs, which is a uh, uh, a fur farm. They they grow uh, they ranch uh, mink, mink. And I'm not sure if they if they if they ranch fox, but they they ranch mink. Uh, it was a bomb, mm. a bomb. Like hardly nothing sold. Like just about none of my selects or super select. Um, Martin or Fisher, none of that sold my or my links, you know, yeah. and and uh, what sold went for you know like seventeen dollars and that kind of stuff. Even looking at painful. Well, you know, there was a couple of double XL Martin that sold, and I got two and a half times on NAFA what I got on for harvest. Yeah. So. Ouch. Yeah, uh, coyotes were were stronger there, but are probably twenty or thirty dollars lighter than than the, on the other side. Um, beaver were, were slightly stronger than than NAFA, which is normal for them, and I, I I don't understand why. Probably because they carry a lot of a lot of beaver out of the far north, so they're noted for a, a higher quality beaver, I think. Right. Uh, raccoon have on both markets bounced a little bit. Oh. You know, they came back a little bit stronger, which is which is good to see. That is good to see. Yeah. Yeah. I have a beautiful raccoon scarf. You would never know it was raccoon, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's pretty unique the way the the way it's uh, it's dyed, the colors it's dyed. It's and woven and, a little uh, bit and, and it's, it's sheared. Yeah. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Yeah. yeah. There's so many beautiful things that are made with fur, and a lot of people just really don't um, they they don't even recognize what it is. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So. We are just here today, kind of pulling out all of the winter stuff. Yeah. I, I don't expect, with the way the weather is supposed to be for the rest of the week, I don't expect that uh, there's going to be any ice that we could travel on next. No, so next we're really hoping here. that the new Argo is all set up. It's it's in. Yep. It's just, uh, they're just uh, outfitting it with all of the bells and whistles Yeah. that we ordered for it. And by the look of outside, and you, you folks can't see outside, but... It is a bright, sunshiny, beautiful day here today, and uh, I don't, I don't think there's going to be much left for ice, just patches of. So the snowmobile won't run out here next next time. It barely, <laughs> it barely goes now. It's just so unusual to drive your snowmobile across grass. So, well, but it, it's when you get all that, you get that penetrating sun right now, yeah. and we've had. A week of sun, yes, or a week and a half. No, a week, a week, a week solid of sunshine with, with absolutely no clouds or nothing. And the and the, the sun has a lot of thermal en energy. Yeah. It's really right now is the creepy time to be around the edges of, of like I mentioned, the beaver houses, but the beaver dams even around the edges mm -hmm. of the lake, because that sun has melted. Pretty much the snow has gone off the top of the yeah. ice. Now that sun is getting through and and it warms the mud underneath. 
Yeah. Okay, and that thermal energy that comes up out of that mud is what how ice actually goes out. Ice goes out from underneath, <laughs> I know. not from the top down. <laughs> but it's creepy because you go along the edge, and if you go, look, we did today yeah. around some of the beaver ponds and whatnot. We were we were away from the edge by ten, twelve feet, but you could look over and you could see down with the, or along the grass and the and the um, uh, cattails and whatnot. You could see water right to the bottom, like that's and you just oh yeah no don't <laughs> mm, don't like it don't like it. <laughs> Did you notice? <laughs> did you notice how it rippled as we drove uh-huh. by? <laughs> I just really closed my eyes, actually. <laughs> I don't doubt it. I do not like being on the ice. It, I don't know what it was. What? Yeah, past life stuff. I don't know. Who knows? Don't like being on the ice. Never have. I know. So I, I, I always uh, avoid it as much as I can when you're yeah. around. Normally, we'd. Uh, we would have brought the Argo this weekend. Yeah. Uh, knowing what we knew, but we just it just wasn't ready. So yeah. it's uh, coming up. We're, we're running another Conquest again this year. Yes. And it's got the tracks and the top and the heater. Oh, and yeah. The catwalks. And yeah. The, yeah. yeah. I, I love that. It is, it is beautiful because even when it, the weather kind of gets a little crappy, um, you have that top up and the heater going and you can run around in there with a with your coat off and it, it, it's you can't believe you know i talk off a lot of times we talk about the the front rack and how important it becomes it's a workbench mm-hmm. right it's mm-hmm. it's uh, so important to how quickly we do stuff but even like at the end of the day you don't have to clean your clothes or your or the cameras or anything out of it because it's all sealed in there yeah. it rains all night long it doesn't matter everything yeah. is safe in there and secure yeah. right absolutely uh, it just you know one more step that you don't have to worry about it, it, it it's a big deal it's only when you get in a situation like this where we don't have, you know, we, uh, we've already sold the previous Argo and we've got, uh, the, the other one is, is uh, here and, and almost ready. And now we're sitting there, well, how do we get in here in, in four days' time if that other one isn't ready, you know? Cause there won't be snow left anymore. Well, I think the short answer is we won't, probably. Because we don't drive in here. There's, uh, we can't get past a couple beaver dams getting in here either way. And... The snowmobile just isn't going to go. I mean, we could get in here, but we're not going to go anywhere <laughs> with it. No, I know. And I, and so we probably just won't. But yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, I want to really want to come out because you can't. Once the beavers start spending a bunch of time above the ice, uh, it's very quickly their their hides go to heck, and I don't want that to happen. I, yeah. And I want to I, I want to get rid of those ones for the oil companies. But, yeah. And like I say, I can't set gear there; they just get stolen. Yeah. One of the things we get a lot of questions about is the, the model of Argo we, we uh, run and why do we choose that model. Uh, we There are two main lines, I guess you want to call them. There's the mm-hmm. Avenger and there's the Conquest. Right. And the split between them is that if you think of a F-150 and an F-350, so a half ton or a one ton. And we run the one ton. The Conquest is the one ton. And it has things like the super heavy inch and a half or inch and five-eighths uh, thick axles and they're have special steel in the in the um, uh, the sprockets so they can run a really high steel uh, high speed steel chain so you don't get a lot less stretch all that kind of stuff. Oh, and we run the tracks all that, year well, that's, round. That's where yeah. I was going with this. Oh, well, I just stole your thunder. <laughs> you just you just threw me under the bus. Saying, yeah, I'll, I'll shut up. I'll tell them we run tracks all the time. <laughs> I thought it was a long explanation, so we just <laughs> yeah, cut to the chase. Cut to the chase. And those axles run in roller taper bearings, which are oil bath in, inside the, the unit, and they're adjustable. 
you can you can tighten them you can loosen them or what and they're really easy to service but that's because you've got these big uh axles in there and we're all the stress that's involved in running the tracks all the time this is why we we choose the unit and it's got other things like it's got uh you know a, a solid uh uh, tubular frame that, that, that separates upper and lower body and it's got a big heavy f uh, frame down below mm -hmm. all made for that heavy duty year-round track use that, that we have if you're not going to use tracks that much then then the Avenger is an awesome machine yeah but when you're they and and the Avenger and the and the Conquest run the same motor same transmission that kind of mm -hmm. stuff it's just where the division comes for us is is when we're we're running those uh, those tracks and they because they're, they're a lot of work and they're, yes. they're more work in the summertime, yeah, and people think, well, can you turn on pavement? That's not no work for it. No, it's work. the grass. It's the grass that's yeah. the work. There's the work. And now, now that we don't have to uh, skid steer anymore, the fact with that Admiral transmission that we can, you know, that it walks its way around, is, it's a lot better that way, right? Mm -hmm. But anyway, for the folks that have been asking about uh, what model we, we run and what model we're getting, that's why. Yeah. That is the biggest deal. We have... Uh, we are headed to Yorkton. That's going to be our last show for the year. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. And we're going to be there with, with Old Smoke's Coffee. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Yorkton is in uh, southern Saskatchewan. Anybody wants to come visit us, come see us. We, it's the Parkland Show. And we'll be at the Old Smoke's booth. We're not doing any That's speaking right. there this year, but we're going to be at the Old Smoke's booth helping you sample coffee and figure out which is the best for you. And then you can order it online. And, and, that's, and, that, and that, yeah. That's, that's where you're going. <laughs> that's where I was going to go. Is, um, Old Smokes is a sponsor of the podcast. And if you order coffee online from Old Smokes, O-L-E-S-M-O-K-E-S dot com. Coffee. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> OldSmokesCoffee.com. Uh, and use the promo code Trapping Inc., all one word. You will get 10% off of your online order. So... Uh, that's something to look forward to, and it's great coffee, smoked coffee. You wouldn't, you really wouldn't believe the flavor. It's it's a beautiful flavor. Well, what I like about it is because it's smoked, they it doesn't get bitter. Yeah. Because they they the smoking process is a slower, is a slower uh, cure, and mm -hmm. it, it just it comes off. You can have it so dark, and yeah. it's not bitter whatsoever. No. Right. Our favorite is um, stout maple. Absolutely. And then sipping whiskey, because we're dark coffee kind of folks. Anyway, we're dark. <laughs> yeah. Dark coffee kind of folks. So we really enjoy that. But they have, uh, for every for every coffee taste. Yes. So if you folks, if any of you out there are around Yorkton, Saskatchewan, on the 5th and 6th? 6th and 7th, I 6th believe. 6th and 7th of April, we'll be there, and we would love to see you. I guess we should uh, wrap this up. Yeah, we should wrap this up. Oh, good. Say, I, it's thank so you sunny very out there. I got to go start a fire so we can go roast a wiener. We don't have any spam, so yeah. going to have to roast a wiener. Golly, that's tough. <laughs> yeah. And thanks for everybody that that writes in with spam recipes and 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 really just embraces the whole idea of of the goofiness that we do out here <laughs> I, I love i love the one the one person sends in this this recipe and it's it's uh fried spam and it's with, with cheese whiz and uh and mayo on it and i says well i says i guess if you're going to go to hell you might as well take the express train right <laughs> <laughs> and with that i think we will uh, go light a fire have a hot dog and head for home so All right. thanks very much for being here it's been a real pleasure to chat with you again
and maybe we'll see you down the line.